1: This episode of the Cult Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopsha. Is that the Lord of the Rings theme
2: music? Uh, it was supposed to be, but it's not. How does the Lord of the Rings theme music go? There's, a,
1: there's a few of them.
2: Yeah, well, there's like, there's the one like.
1: <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. And. and <laughs> And sometimes when I'm singing the Terminator theme music, it accidentally turns into that one because the Terminator theme music is. It's like real similar. (laughs) Um, They're awesome.
2: All music sounds the same.
1: That's true. It's all the same thing.
2: Yeah. It's just anyone who tells
1: you it's not doesn't know music. Yeah. It's the same twelve
2: notes repeated, um, Mm. in eight octaves. Wow, and um, yeah, that's cool. Star is born.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Let's talk about that.
2: Yeah, so today we're here to talk about, as you could tell by our musical intro, uh, if if you're, if you're if you're you know keenly tuned in to what different songs sound like, mm. you'll know that we're co- and also the fact that we said it. You'll know that we're covering, or if you've read the yeah <laughs> the title of the episode. Uh, We're covering, and actually, also, if you listen to last week's episode where I. Where said we
1: discussed it. the future.
2: Yeah. yeah. We're talking about the Lord of the Rings franchise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, because this is film franchise four nights on the Cult Pop Show podcast. And it's been a while, Richard. It has, actually. Yeah, you're right. It has been a while. I haven't even Be- thought about that. Because we. Um, I know that we released High School Musical um, a fortnight ago, but we actually recorded that in December. And so we've had quite a long time of not doing FFF. And now we're just, you know, slipping back into it with a nice, easy to unpack franchise, (laughs) like (laughs) the Lord of the Rings. Um, this was a Patreon voted, uh, franchise, because if you, uh, donate a dollar to our Patreon a month, then you can actually suggest and vote on which franchise we cover. And, um, yeah, Lord of the Rings was in in that little pocket we'd set aside for ones we're probably not gonna plan on doing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like like we're not we're never gonna accidentally roll on Star Wars because we've, it's not on the roulette. Basically, <laughs> like, <laughs> what I'm saying is like there is there are so many podcasts that talk about these tentpole franchises. And despite the fact that we are the definitive talk about franchise podcast, we thought it was more interesting for the listeners to hear us talk about Earbud than Lord Mm. of the Rings, for example.
2: And I tell you what, the views reflect that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And so... I don't know what we, we might get some people listening to this because they're excited to um, hear, hear us what, talk
2: about Isengard and, yeah, and yeah. Boromir. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And, and we also might get some because we are from New Zealand, so this was literally filmed in our backyard, mm. um, the country's collective backyard. Um, or we might just get some people who really like Lord of the Rings and want to listen to every Lord of the Rings podcast they can.
2: Uh, and wherever you're coming from, Welcome. <laughs>
1: I'm AJ, and
2: I'm Richard,
1: and here we and are. here here it is.
2: So, Lord of the Rings. It's a trilogy, mm-hmm. obviously, and we should say up top as well. We got a few people asking this during the week. We did watch the extended versions. We both borrowed the DVDs from friends of ours.
1: I borrowed it from my parents. Oh, they're not they're not my friends.
2: <laughs> well, I borrowed it from friend of the podcast, Kieran Bennett. Shout mm. out to you, Kieran. And so yeah, we watched the full. However, however long they are. We'll get to that later on. But yeah, the trilogy of films. consumed as
1: much of the Lord of the Rings trilogy as you currently can. Uh, well. In do, terms of the single movies. In, in terms
2: of the movies, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so it is a trilogy of three films. Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And The Lord yes. of the Rings, The Return of the King. Came out in 2001, one, two and three, And they're all directed by Peter Jackson.
1: My uncle. Your uncle too, actually, yeah. I believe. Everyone in New Zealand is related. Mm.
2: So, AJ, uh, what are these films about? We, of course, know that they're adapted from
1: a series of books by J.R.R. Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Tolkien. Tolkien. To- Tolkien. Tolkien. <laughs> Tolkien. Tolkien, black guy. J.R.R. Tolkien, black guy. That's who wrote them. Um, yeah, so so what, what was interesting about because... Um I, should I talk about this now? Um no. Nah. Okay, I'll talk about what the what the overall trilogy is about. Okay. Right? So basically it's set in this fantasy world. It feels so arbitrary to be, <laughs> to, to be explaining the plot of Lord of the Rings, the franchise, yeah. like the franchise. Um yeah, so it's set in Middle Earth, which is like this fantasy world, and years and years ago, like centuries, millennia ago, um the this dude named Sauron, who was an evil man, um, he created a bunch of rings and gave them to the ruling factions of Middle-earth. And those main ruling factions were dwarves, elves, and men, right? And the point, as I understood it, of each of these people getting these rings was it was to help them govern their faction whatever that means, whether that's mind control. I don't know really what it meant. But then, secretly, (laughs) Sauron created one more ring, and this was the one ring to rule them all. That's Um, why
2: they keep saying that.
1: That's why they keep saying it, and them all referring to the other rings, which means he can now control all the factions. And so a war breaks out. A dude named Isildur cuts off Sauron's finger and then goes to throw the ring in the fiery pits of Mount Doom, which is the only way it can be destroyed, but the ring consumes him and he becomes his own little um warmonger and uh, you know, tries to take over the world as well. Until the ring gets lost again, um, and it gets found by a few different characters <laughs> along <laughs> the way. Before basically it ends up in the hands of uh Frodo, who's a hobbit, and um him and a bunch of other people go on a trip <laughs> on a, on a classic kiwi road trip <laughs> to to dispose of the ring in the fiery pits of mount doom um that's that's the premise of the trilogy as a whole yeah yep um yeah. i'm i'm really proud of myself for remembering characters names this yeah. time because so full disclosure i've seen lord of the rings maybe Twice, full <laughs> all the way through. Like, yeah. I've sat, I have two distinct memories in my entire life of sitting down and watching them all through. And watching them for this podcast was one of those two times, right? right? So, I am in no way as familiar with Lord of the Rings as I am with something like Star Wars or any of the other big, um, Temple franchises. Um, and so when I sat down this time, I was like, I'm gonna actually try understand this because I think that's why I haven't been attracted to it in the past is because there's so many names and there's so much mythology and so I was like alright I'm going to sit down I'm going to focus on everything they're saying I'm going to remember characters names and it is interesting to watch these for the first time as like an adult and mm. be like oh so that's why the ring is powerful and oh that's why <laughs> the return of the king needs to happen and that's why this you know I understood the reasoning and the catalyst for each of the story beats for the first time ever in my life other than knowing uh, they have to destroy a really powerful ring, which is all I knew about it nice. beforehand.
2: Uh, interesting. Well, because you were mentioned to me before the podcast that you had like an amazing way to cover the film's mm. plots. So don't yeah. worry, you've got that covered. Was that it?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because we, of course, for full posterity's sake, we like to um, tell you the plots of each movie that we watch. Is that the right word? Posterity? Yeah, yeah sure yeah sure um and i thought a good way if you because these movies they're actually all filmed at the same time so they're not very sequely in terms of like how maybe like an indiana jones sequel is yes we shouldn't
2: even be covering them
1: no (laughs) they're not even a franchise it's one movie (laughs) but it is kind of like it it does feel less like distinguished chapters and more like one film that was too long to put in one film yeah Um, but a really good way to know what each of the films is about is to simply dissect the title of the film and talk about what what that means because that's actually a real good through line to explain the films, right? Right. So if I may... You may. Take it away, my friend. So so the first one's The Fellowship of the Ring, and The Fellowship of the Ring refers to, I think, the nine nine. dudes who um, they take on the burden of destroying... Um, the one ring to rule them all.
2: Can you name all of them?
1: Yes, I can name. So Frodo is a hobbit. He's the ring bearer. He's joined by Sam, Samwise Gamgee, uh, who's another hobbit. And they're also joined by two other hobbits named Merry and Pippin. Yep. (laughs) All right. There's also a big wizard called Gandalf, and people call him, like, (laughs) Mephidratus. I don't know what they keep calling him a name, starting with M, and I think it might be his surname or something, but I don't know. (laughs) Anyone listening who's like, "I love Lord of the Rings," and Methandril is not Gandalf's <laughs> surname, you idiot! I'm sorry. <clears throat> um, so they're also joined by two men, um, Aragon and Boromir. Mm-hmm. Um, they're joined by a dwarf named Gimli and an elf named Legolas. Yep. Is that all of them?
2: That is. That's the nine.
1: That's the nine. That's the Fellowship of the Ring. So by the end of the first film, um, they all get split up. Boromir gets killed. Um, Gandalf gets killed. Uh, Sam and Frodo uh, go go to deliver the ring to Mordor alone. Um, Merry and Pippin get kidnapped by orcs who are like the big the big villains. Um, and uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli go to save Merry and Pippin that's that's where the first film yep. leaves us. I'm doing well. I'm yeah, doing better no. than I've ever done at summarising Lord of the Rings. <laughs> How often does this happen to you? Every day. I live in New Zealand, dude. <laughs> um. So the second film, The Two Towers, is one that even after, until I saw it again this time, if you'd said, why is it called The Two Towers? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't remember why. So it's called The Two Towers because... One of the wizards who used to be good but is now evil and working with Sauron is named Saruman. And the way I remember the difference is because Saruman is a man. And Sauron is an eye. So he's like the man version of Sauron. Saruman. And Saruman rules over Isengard and Sauron rules over Mordor and both have large towers. And so the reason it's called the Two Towers is because Middle-earth is going to war against the union of the Two Towers because those are two very powerful forces who have joined together to try and take over the world. So that's why it's called that. um in this one we also meet gollum who was one of the original dudes who found the ring and now he's like a monster because the ring destroyed him and he's leading sam and frodo to mordor um gandalf comes back but now he's gandalf the white um and yeah where does this one end it ends with them on their way to to mount doom still yeah it's very much the interim (laughs) (laughs) um cool so that's that's why it's called the two towers uh return of the king is an interesting one so something I haven't mentioned up until now. And when anyone is recounting the plot of Lord of the Rings, I feel like no one mentions this one third of the story is about this, (laughs) but basically Aragorn is a, is the heir of a who is the guy who originally defeated Sauron. So he's got like spiritual hereditary clout basically to, to save the world. And he's the heir to Gondor. So he's supposed to rule over the city, the kingdom of Gondor, um, but currently, the kingdom of Gondor is ruled by a crazy man, um, and so Aragon returns to be mm-hmm. the king, and he does it with a sword that defeated Sauron. And mm-hmm. that's why it's is- called
2: the the Return of the King with a sword.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the sword is kind of like the gotcha thing. That's the reason why, because he can wield it. And so they go to war. Um, they go to war like five times in this movie in these movies, um, and then uh, Frodo and Sam manage to destroy the ring, um, Sauron falls, and then uh, basically everyone lives, <laughs> all the main characters survive, uh, except for a bunch of them who decide to g- get the last boat to heaven at the end, which includes Gandalf, Frodo, and Bilbo, and Alrond, the elf, and Kate Blanchett's character. Galadriel. Galadriel. All what did right. you just I'm, say? I said Kate Blanchett's character.
2: Yeah, but then what, when you repeated the name, what did Galadriel? you say? Oh yeah, I or think you said Valandria.
1: Valandria. Yeah. Delicious mm. cilantro. Um, <laughs> cilantro. So I'm I'm sweating from how well I've just recounted. Oh, it's beautiful, uh, those man. Those films. I know. I'm very proud of myself.
2: Um, so you spoke briefly about your um your experience with the film. So mm-hmm. what do you think of the films and what do you think the general public thinks of them in the way of uh, Rotten Tomatoes?
1: God, they must each have like between 96 and 99 on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Uh, they're actually all below 96.
1: Really? Yep. 95.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're 90, 91, 95 and 93. Interesting. Guess which one's which.
1: Is it just in descending order?
2: Uh yeah, it's actually yeah, and that was in release (laughs) order. I should have muddled them up. Uh, Um (laughs) yes Fellowship (laughs) Fellowship's (laughs) ninety one, two towers is ninety five, and return of the king is ninety three. However, uh two of them have ninety-five audience score and one of them has eighty-six percent audience score. Can you guess which one is the eighty six?
1: Is it fellowship? No. Is it Return of the King? Yes. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Very nice. Yeah, so uh Which one's your favorite?
1: This is a very difficult question, and I knew this was coming. And and also,
2: and more generally as well, what do you think of the films?
1: Okay, all right. I would say, I I would completely understand why any one of them would be someone's favorite. All right, right. Like, there's no, there's. I would, I I think, I think Return of the King, just because it's such a satisfying ending, is the one I'm always stuck with. Like, so I think that's my favorite. Um and yeah so I, I would say they get better as they go along i think mm-hmm. um i really i really enjoyed all of them this, watching them this time however that wasn't always the case richard because when i was a, a young lad because um, i was about seven or eight when the first one came out and i was one of those guys who was like lord of the rings dumb because everyone loved it. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to decide not to like Lord of the Rings. And I stuck to that for years and years until I started having to take film seriously because <laughs> what I was interested in. And so I watched them. I watched the, uh, the extended editions for the first time, like sat down and watched them properly when I think I remember I just finished high school. So 18, I watched them all um, and was like, yeah, they're great. Of course, they're great. And now watching them at 25, I'm like. Yeah, these are there's a there's a real good case that these are the best movies some of the best movies ever made. <laughs> you yeah. Know, like I get it. I get the allure now because as I said before, like understanding mythology for the first time really enhanced it and just like really getting into the humour of it and the action of it and the the powerful storytelling in it. Um so yeah, man, and like Yeah, it's filmed in New Zealand, so you got Yeah, it. yeah, there's
2: a certain <laughs> obligation uh eh?
1: But it's not like it's a bad obligation. It's kind of an honour. It's like, cool. Like, yeah, yeah, New yeah. Zealand has a chapter in the first, in the introductory paragraph of film, a history. New Zealand would probably be mentioned because of these films. <laughs>
2: um, well, you kind of stole a lot of what I wanted to say, which is annoying. Um
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I bet you, you were going to be like, so AJ, he didn't like them growing up. And. <laughs> like, now uh, what were you going to say?
2: No, well, yeah. So basically, my experience with the film is. Uh, I didn't see the first two on release, but me and my mum and my sister got out or bought the the first two extended editions and we watched those and then we went to see the the third one in the cinema. Uh, One weird memory I do have of it is that I remember uh, eating microwave popcorn for I think the first time while watching these films and I remember getting the Butter Lovers one and thinking, this is too much butter. (laughs) and it being like yeah this is this is is a bit overkill Uh, and then so i think this was this must have been the first time i'd seen the uh, extended edition of the return of the king because i have never rewatched them and Mm. i I don't i didn't actively try and dislike them like you or anything like that but i think i would say that like these are the best films i don't like
1: that must be so hard, man. Cause uh, it's all there for you. It's all like it's like you're a, you're a New Zealand filmmaker and film buff, Richard. Yeah. And well, it's like these should be something you hold dear to your heart. And I, I'm so, I kind of in in, in yeah, similar boat you, to you. You interrupted
2: me instead of letting me explain myself. But continue.
1: <laughs> no, you you interrupt me back. <laughs> That's how a good relationship is built, dude. It's <laughs> it's gaining ammo to like then throw back at the other person when they <laughs> yeah. when they screw up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I. I don't, I don't dislike them, but like to me, and I I've said, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but just fantasy just does not interest me, and mm-hmm. like like any kind of like medieval hit, hit history as well, just uh, like it doesn't really excite yeah. me. And it's like you know, some people have Lord of the Rings that they're like obsessed about, and some people have Star Wars. I mean, like personally, like in terms of the big tentpole franchises, mine would be the MCU. Is the one that I'm, you know, the most invested in actively mm. and i'm not saying it's the best one but yeah. uh yeah lord of the rings it's like watching them i'm like yep yeah, these are these are fine these are enjoyable but they're just not really for me to be honest and it, it is a show like uh, same as watching game of thrones i don't because i don't watch game of thrones but i don't feel like i'm missing out on anything mm. like everyone's like, oh it's actually like the best show over it. it transcends fantasy and and i i don't think that some parts of these films do uh, and we'll probably get to that in a bit but like yeah just that setting it just automatically makes me turn off and i think it's because you know how you've said in the past that you're too dumb for heist movies yeah yeah see i think i'm smart enough for heist movies but i'm too dumb for fantasy mm. because i i like i love i like i love a good heist movie but fantasy it's just like there's so much mythology and world building to take in and it's like I know you can really sit down and it just comes second nature to some people like they love hearing about Isengard and and all these different things and it's just whoosh just goes straight over my head and and I I mean it's it's also probably it is for lack of trying because I'm not sitting there forcing myself and I, I did for a little bit in these films but there's just so much to take in having said that though I do agree and I that, like, there is an argument to be made that this is, these are the three greatest films ever made. And yeah. I'm not – and I don't disagree with that Yeah, at all. Like Wow, that's um, awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, if someone – especially, like, the production of these films. If they, someone was like, what's yeah. the greatest film production of all time? I'd be like, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, yeah. Like, undeniably, like, the likes of this had never been seen before and I don't think will ever be seen again.
1: Mm-hmm. Dude, specifically the pre-production is what oh, impresses yeah. me the most. Yeah. Like, so you, there, there's an old adage, you make a film three times, right? So you pre-production, yeah. production, and post-production. So you you plan it, you film it, you edit it. The filming of it's great, and it's like, yeah, man, they must have been filming every day for like seven years to finish this. And it was the, like 18 months, yeah. It was the whole thing, the whole trilogy.
2: Yeah, 18 months.
1: Only 18 months for the whole trilogy.
2: Yeah, when you think about is- like how long- it usually takes to shoot a film, like, one to two months.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> There's a lot of locations. <laughs> There's a lot of location scouting. Yeah. But that's what I'm going back to. is that, That's why it would have only taken 18 months. Because yeah. the pre-production was like so fucking long. Yeah. yeah, so that's when you work. You you find the private farm that you can build Rohan on. And that's when you, you like, make the yeah. armor for the orc and the, like that's out of focus in the background. That's Yeah, like, it was like
2: <laughs> just one dude made all the chain mail.
1: Oh my god! And it's That's, yeah, yeah amazing. like
2: fucking and how and um yeah. I mean, from a production standpoint, I I cannot deny how amazing these films are, and how and, and again, like I'm I'm not ashamed of Lord of the Rings being synonymous with New Zealand, even though I'm not into it. Yeah. And I've been really uh, since we've since we started this podcast for almost three years. I've been nervous to do Lord of the Rings because. I know deep down I don't like them. Yeah. Um,
1: and now you're doing it, and it's fine. Yeah. You know? And
2: so because I was really worried on how to how to express that opinion because I don't think I'm really going to say anything negative about them for the next however long this podcast is, mm. but just know deep down that
1: <laughs> I don't them. like these.
2: <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. I I do not hate them, and I do not dislike them. But they're just yeah. Like I, I don't really I don't think about them.
1: We've had, because we've been doing this for so long, we do have like this looming question over us that's like, what's either the best franchise we've covered or what's the best franchise of all time? And honestly, the only thing wrong with the Lord of the Rings franchise is that some of the CGI hasn't aged as well. Yeah. And. The Hobbit trilogy like ruined its critical legacy, yeah. Um, which is actually a pretty like because we we eat the whole sandwich when we do franchises. Mm. So like, if a film is three really good films and three really bad films, that does land it at a fifty percent. So we'll talk about that more when we cover the Hobbit. The way, but yeah. that is it is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I would say the the f- if you, I think there is something in there for everyone because I think the first one is just a real solid. um, fantasy blockbuster that you can watch and be feel complete when watching it the second one i think is like really hard with like really like full-on with its story production and like the way it progresses and you get a lot of cool new characters introduced in the second one and i think the second one critically was the best one right there was uh yes yeah 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 and I i can understand that because even though as i said before i find the story of return of the king so satisfying like the ending watching it last night at like 2 a.m i was getting like chills when he's like don't you dare let go and all the like other wonderful like moments of oh, we'll, we'll, that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah yeah um but the return of the king does have the most especially the extended edition i think does have the most amount of like huh, that's kind of weird <laughs> like moments yeah there's
2: a the, few <laughs> it is interesting watching because i watched um parts of these with jess who's who was very familiar with the theatrical cuts mm-hmm. and um so watching it and because i don't apart from return of the king which i don't even remember that well uh, mm-hmm. i'd only seen the extended version so she's like i've never seen this bit before and because there was one scene that went on for t- for ages and we were like and she was like oh, i've never seen this and i was like yeah they could probably right. cut this
1: Right, yeah. you okay, you messaged me saying there was a moment where Jess was like, I've never seen that before, that's pretty dumb. Can I guess what that was? Yeah. Was it when um, uh, Faramir is talking to his dad and then he, like, his dad, I can't remember his name, the steward of Gondor, the bad, one uh, of the Denethor? bad guys. Denethor, there you go. Um, he, like, looks over and hallucinates and sees Sean Bean's Boromir, like, turn around and, like, wave at him and then he, like, <laughs> vanishes. And I was like... That was so stupid. That was that like was that what you were talking about?
2: Uh, I don't think so. From memory, I think when I messaged you, was um, Saruman's death scene.
1: Right. No, that's a that's a fame. That's like considered one of the scenes that from I think uh, that's a significant scene that's in the extended cut that like yeah, people she- people have strong feelings about basically yeah
2: um, because I think they just they're just the talking beforehand went on for ages and she was like what is this
1: dude so that's another thing they all have this but return of the king its biggest blemish um is that like (laughs) people talk from like miles away (laughs) and they're they're, like they're like hello Saruman and he's like Gandalf you've come back and it's like he's on top of like a 30 foot high tower talking to the ground and it's like that surely like be like hello Gandalf and he would be like (laughs) that Saruman, <laughs> <laughs> this stuff, like like Phaedon is like rolling, you know, running back and forth in front of his army on the horses, being like, "We're gonna go fight." And there's like this dude at the like the ten thousandth man back, and he's like, "I don't know what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna be galloping to war yet." Like, because it's so funny because like I have to imagine like Aragon when he's like, "There'll be a day when." When the, the world of men falls, but it is not this day. There's got to be, like, someone whose job it is, like, 30 people back to be like, uh, there's a day when man will fall, but it's not this day, and then someone else. It's like Chinese Whispers <laughs> or a, a less racist version of whatever that game's called, Telephone, that goes all the way back. Chinese Telephone. Like, <laughs> Chinese Telephone that goes all the way back to, like, the last person, and by that he's like... It's like it's like completely different. He's yeah. like he says that uh, he says you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says that the 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 world of men is is cool and that he's really gay. Um or like when when the the boats come in and they're like you may go no further and return to the keg and they're like yeah what says who and it's like do you know how loud the ocean is when you're you're on it or when you're standing right in front of it it's like they're not gonna hear you and he's like fire a warning shot they're like what and then this arrow just kills peter jackson's cameo and he's like like, (laughs) uh
2: it's interesting as well uh speaking of peter jackson Um, watching these films now, knowing a bit more about film and a bit more about where Peter Jackson sort of came from. um, There's so much like schlocky B-movie camera work in these films. And that was was really interesting because it's something I've never seen talked about and I Mm. didn't notice at the time, but especially in Fellowship, I found. Yeah, um, I agree. Is that like, there's a lot of you know, dramatic, like the camera pushing into someone and tilting as they, you know, give a shocked expression. Mm. And it's like, it it kind of adds a bit of a charm to it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Fellowship's the most most charming. Fellowship's the one that feels like anyone could have made this film, kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, So I really enjoyed that, yeah. Uh,
2: Well, it's time now, AJ, for Mm. some randomly placed random trivia. So uh, I calculated... Um, how like how long every film franchise we've covered is because this is known for being quite long.
1: Especially the extended editions. Especially which the extended We editions. should also mention we know that it's generally considered that they're not the best, like the optimum way to, like apparently the, the theatrical cuts are better than the extended edition. Really? Editions. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think that. But I saw it more as like, uh, we're we're thorough like we're gonna yeah, do yeah. The, the longest version you although i don't know
2: if we will for the hobbit will we
1: are there extended editions
2: of the yeah hobbit? there
1: are let's do it dude
2: <laughs> they're harder to get a hold of i think though uh, okay um because who do you know that has the extended hobbit trilogy
1: peter jackson i know him. he's my neighbor <laughs> I, and my uncle yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so, this is the, uh, fun fact, it's the 69th franchise we've covered. I thought that was how, a funny number.
1: How appropriate that Lord of the Rings would be the 69th franchise
2: we've covered. <laughs> um, but in terms of runtime, we've covered 69 franchises. Mm-hmm. Where do you reckon this ranks in terms of length?
1: uh ugh. Yeah, for individual movie, it's definitely the longest. But
2: like for um, for total runtime and minutes of of every film put together.
1: So this overall this would be nearly twelve hours long, mm. right? So, I mean, we've watched hour and a half long movies for, for like franchises full of hour and a half long movies that were yeah. more than twelve entries. Um, so I don't know. It's it'd be in the the upper echelon, but not that. Not that long uh,
2: 15th longest Yeah yeah that, that's So that feels it, right. this isn't put together But it's longer than The five Spider-Man films mm-hmm. uh, The five Twilight films The five Earbud films Scary Movie And Final Destination films uh, It's also longer than The six Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films Wow The six films we covered For the 2018 Christmas special <laughs> And it's also longer than The seven Earbuddies films
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, We spent more
2: time Watching Lord of the Rings Than Air Buddies. It didn't feel like it No no um,
1: yeah Air Buddies felt like it went on forever,
2: but it's uh just a few minutes shy of Beethoven and the Godzilla Heisei period
1: Wow if you had to watch um <laughs> if, you had, if you had to watch one franchise all, all in a row, would it be Beethoven or Lord of the Rings
2: uh Beethoven's more varied <laughs>
1: <laughs> um that for as long as they are the Lord of the Rings movies they. They whiz by for a four-hour movie. Some of them do,
2: some of them do. I felt
1: like a four-hour movie. I was like, yeah, I'm engrossed. Like, this isn't feeling like four hours at all.
2: Um, yeah, for because the, the extended editions, if you don't know, on the DVD, it has a point where it's like the story continues on disc two. Mm. And uh, the first half of Return of the King dragged for me, but then the second half of Return of the King is probably my favorite part of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when all the character arcs are wrapped up nicely. Oh, and
1: So many character arcs and they're all like excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Every character arc is like, and some-, some of these weren't even like groundwork laid by Tolkien. Like I, mm. I remember hearing that Arwen, um, not that she has a huge character arc or anything. Arwen's only mention in the original Lord of the Rings is in the appendices. It says Aragorn m- married someone named Arwen. Hm. You know, Arwen, however you say it. Not, you know, again, um, not that she's got the longest character arc or anything, but I thought yeah. that was interesting.
2: Um, also another pe- fun piece of um, random trivia that only relates to this podcast. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I had to think about this, but this is the first franchise which we've both met a star of.
1: Because... Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, technically... <laughs> <laughs> technically... Um, uh. Chris was in, yeah, yeah, was in American Pie, but, um, uh, as, as my. But no, porn this points. is this
2: is the first franchise that we've both in person separately met a star of. How to find meet. Uh, well, you met Brett McKenzie, yeah, on the bus, and I've acted with Ian McKellen. so
1: yeah, and you met um and Martin Freeman as well. didn't Yeah,
2: you? But he, yeah, he's not in this one, <laughs> but for the next one, yeah. it'll be the second time we've both separately met a star of.
1: Right, yeah, because um. Should I tell you Brett McKenzie story? Have I not told my Brett McKenzie story on the podcast? Before? You you
2: must have, but tell it again. It
1: is like back me up here. It's a real good story. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a little. The audience decide. Whatever. Okay, so this was in 2014. Um, I went on a trip. I went on a holiday to Wellington, um, which is our nation's capital. For those who don't know. <laughs> And um, I went there to hang out with my friend and um, I was there for for three days and we we're walking around the city. It was my first day there walking around the city. And then my friend goes, Hey, um, Brett McKenzie's right behind us. And I looked around and my, in my mind, I was like, who's Brett? Did we go to high school with Brett, McKenzie? Who's Brett <laughs> McKenzie? And then I saw him and I was like, Holy shit. And like, we, we crossed the road and then I was like, God, if I got a photo with him, That would be amazing. And he was like, should we go back? I was like, yeah, because all weekend long up to this point, I'd been posting like pictures of things in Wellington and saying, I am Wellington was like my statement. And so we waited for him to stop talking to someone. He was outside a cafe. And then we were like, oh hey can we get a photo with you and he was like yeah 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 and i was like hey i'm AJ. Hey and he's like hi oh, hi i'm brett and i was like i know you're brett um but, and, and oh, yeah, that's ph- a,
2: I had the exact same thing that i met <laughs> martin freeman i was like oh, hi He's like i'm martin i was like i
1: know who you are <laughs> and so uh, i got a photo with him and i uploaded it and just wrote i am wellington and like oh the comments were so satisfying people were like I have lived in Wellington for 10 years and never seen someone famous you're here for for 14 hours and you'd see someone um and it was so funny and like everyone was so jealous that it was insane <clears throat> so the whole weekend goes by right and um the night before I'm set to fly back I was gonna fly back in the morning and I'm looking at my my plane tickets and um and I'm like, oh my gosh this is a month out like i accidentally booked to go back i was there in september and my my flight back was in october like exactly a month away and i was like shit so i like rang them up and they're like oh yeah we can change that for you You just go to and, da, 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 da. and it was like so it changed from being like a 7 a.m flight to like a 1 p.m flight um and so the next day uh we get up and and we're walking to the bus stop and then my friend's like uh oh, Nah, let's go to a different bus stop. We won't go to this one. So we go to another bus stop and the bus stops and we get on the bus and I sit down and my mate's like... Aj, look who it is! And I look behind me, and Brett McKenzie's sitting there grinning at me. <laughs> it was so awesome, and and he, I was like, <gasps> like, oh my gosh, this is insane! Like, like just the butterfly effect of it all, right? Like, we had got yeah, could yeah. Have, I could have gone on a different flight, I could have got on a different bus to get to the airport, and we we're like, dude, can we get another photo with you? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was he was so much more like into it the second time, just <laughs> <This laughs> as how absurd it was. And so I got another photo with him, and I uploaded that and wrote like. Oh, it was great hanging out with Brett all weekend and people <laughs> lost their minds, man. It was so funny. Uh yeah. And Brett McKenzie's in Return of the King, by the way. If you didn't know, he's got such a small role um, that like maybe people didn't even recollect that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um I guess
2: that's this week's podvid. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm um, just like, telling the story about how he
1: got everyone was real jealous of his status. There was there was there were photos. I've got photos of it. Maybe yeah. I'll post them on Instagram.
2: Um but yeah, the yeah. Well, should we talk about Brett McKenzie's role in this? Because he's actually got yes. quite a popular role in it. Mm. Um, so you know about Figwit, yeah?
1: Figwit, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Uh, so Figwit is uh just when when they formed the Fellowship, there's like a two second shot of Brett McKenzie sitting there, and um, it was it, it was affectionately named Figwit by the fans, which stands for Frodo is great. Who was that? <laughs> because it's supposed to be what you're thinking during the scene
1: cuz you like so man attractive.
2: Frodo's great what huh? Huh?
1: yeah um and y- mckenzie's hot right that's the implication yeah
2: yeah and so he got this huge following and so uh peter gave him a few lines and two lines in return of the king
1: and then he um reprises that role in a garish cameo in the hobbit yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so what you've acted with with Ian McKellen yeah Tell me about that. Um, okay, about that. so
2: my story is much less interesting, um, but I can <laughs> tell. I can talk about the funny things I post on Facebook about it. Okay. Um, so he, we, after the Christchurch earthquake, there was a the the, the Isaac Theatre Royal in Christchurch is like this this beautiful famous theatre, and it was going to get shut down. And Ian McCallum was here filming for the Hobbit, and so he decided to do a tour of New Zealand, like uh, just basically an evening with Ian McCallan. Mm-hmm. and he. Um. yeah like to, to raise money to save the isaac theater royal and me and aaron who you can hear on last week's episode of film for, of um, the podcast and next week's episode uh he him and i went along to this and so basically it was like half just ask him anything and it was so great and like because uh, people ask asking about like oh x-men like oh were you a big fan of the comics he's like never heard of them anyway <laughs> <laughs> and then um but then he's like and then i read them and then being a gay man it it was like because it's it's this you know analogy and they're they're so wonderful and uh, all this stuff and it was great he talked about extras and all this other shit and then the second half was like um basically you just say any shakespearean play and he'll deliver a monologue from it (laughs) off my heart it's so
1: cocky but i love it um
2: (laughs) and so yeah it was so great and then he did this one scene where he was like anyone who wants to be able to say they've acted with Siri and McKellen, come on stage now. And so a group of us went down, me and Aaron went down, and um, he did the spin, he, like, he gathered us all around, like, chatted to him, and um, told us what to do. And it was like, he's basically like, when I snap my fingers, you just all drop dead. Okay, and so we're just like standing there. And he did this thing, and then it got a huge laugh. I I, I couldn't see what he was doing, but it got a huge laugh. <laughs> um, and then after the show, I got a photo with him and, and, and spoke to him a little bit. But, nice. yeah, I posted it on Facebook. And since we're talking about the funny things we post on Facebook, I posted a picture being like, guys, I met Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, like, this one dude was like, must not rage, must not rage. He's not Dumbledore. And then one of my friends was like, Professor X, no way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great. Uh, um, we should post these photos on um, Instagram and be like, AJ and Richard hanging out with the stars of Lord of the Rings it's like me with a, Brent McKenzie who has four seconds of total screen time yeah. and you with like the hero of Lord of the Rings. Yeah,
2: and then, for, and then we could do it again next week and I'll put my photo of Martin Freeman and you can put your same one with Brent McKenzie.
1: Sounds good. I don't know, maybe I've met other people from Lord of the Rings. I just don't remember. Yeah, we
2: probably have. Like I was thinking about it because there's like like Robbie Magasivas and like just Where's all hey? these, he's just like one of those little small roles, but like there's just all these random New Zealand actors mm. that you just you just bump into every now and then. I yeah, just yeah. in it, but um, it is like interesting talking about these films living in New Zealand because you see people travel from all over the world just to go to like Hobbiton and just to see where these things are filmed. I mean, on the Lord of the Rings subreddit, while we're watching these. And uh, there's a scene in the first one where they're like, "I think we should get off the road." And one of the top posts of all time is someone being like, "Oh, I traveled to Wellington." Here's like the bit where they say that, and then I messaged you about it. How strange that is! And then like five hours later, someone posted like the same photo, or like from the- a photo from the same place, be like, "I traveled to Wellington." But to to us, or to, to- I don't know about you, but to me no, anyway, yeah, definitely agree. It, Like it just this could be any walk that I went on as a kid or could go on in three minutes you know like it's it's just like because people like wow looks like a whole different planet and to me I'm like that's literally just like our entire country looks like that and you do have these moments like because I've driven from Christchurch to Auckland which if you don't know New Zealand is like almost the length of the country um a couple of times now and there's there's moments where you have these like epiphanies where you're like fuck this actually is a real beautiful country and like people people travel from all over the world just to get a glimpse of this Mm. and i and i'm just i'm bored of it
1: yeah yeah because so cultural identity in new zealand is real interesting because for for someone like me and i won't speak for you though i feel it's probably similar but someone like me um for a lot of my upbringing i felt quite outcast because uh sport is a big part of our culture and Mm. like Drinking beer is a big part of our culture. Like all these things that I just wasn't really interested in. Yeah. and I do like be- a good beer now and then, but sure, I don't really um,
2: go for the sports.
1: No, and so I like. I think even though I was into film and into storytelling from a young age, I think New Zealand was like the the idea that I was rejected from New Zealand cultural identity was like wrapped up with Lord of the Rings, and maybe that's why I didn't like it because growing up like through high school, I'd tell people I was like, oh, I hate New Zealand, like. Nothing happens here. It's real boring. Um, And I've since changed my tune a bit. I quite like um, a lot of it, what we've got going on here. But I remember going, I was doing my first ever freelance video job, um, and someone picked me up to drive me to um, Akaroa, which is a French settlement just outside of Christchurch that's like this beautiful beach. Um, It's real weird. Real weird place compared to, like, other places in, in, in mm. like, the immediate vicinity. Um, and we were driving through the the hills and the person, like, my client who I'd met when she picked me up at 7am was like, oh, look how beautiful that is. And I looked across at, like, the sun-drenched mountain across from us and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you just see it so often that, it's yeah. you know, you just don't really register. We did so many road trips. I used to live in Nelson. So many road trips from Nelson to Blenheim when I was, like six years old that it's just like this is just what the world looks like
2: yeah and i think that's the thing eh, is that we're we grow up just thinking that the whole world is like this but at the same time like you know people people grow up in urban areas their entire life and and you know would kill to have a glimpse of what we take Mm. for granted but at the same time like i would love to see times square you know yeah
1: man exactly i've got such a desire to travel to america one day
2: and I, i think there's like um yeah there's there's a couple of different types of like travelers and i think because i went to thailand with a group of friends and they were all like oh we want to like look at all the temples and all the old shit and you know like because you get people that travel for history and people that travel for contemporary stuff and i think i'm more interested in like oh where was this filmed you know i want to go see the the sun sphere from the simpsons um and in knoxville uh, but
1: where they filmed it in knoxville <laughs>
2: uh, but yeah like i don't know i think and especially being from new zealand because th- th- it is like a huge thing of like in new zealand the culture of it you have like an oe and uh if you're a man as well you have depression but you don't talk about it um <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you just kill yourself because we you have one of the highest suicide rates and mm, this is the world. stuff
1: lord of the rings doesn't show you yeah
2: yeah exactly um but and it is a real problem. But anyway, um, <laughs> that, that's part of New Zealand culture to have like your OE, your overseas experience. And a lot of people do it like after university slash college um, or after high school. They take like year to just travel the world. And it's like such a part because we're so secluded from the rest of the world that yeah. – but then – People do the same to come here, and it's like, yeah,
1: I've never, I've never had an OE.
2: Yeah, neither. Well, I mean, I've gone overseas, but I haven't. I still want to do that, like live overseas for yeah. like a year or two.
1: I've never had enough money to do. Yeah, now I'm like so that. bad at saving money. Uh, yeah, same. Um, yeah, and another. So thing subscribe to, consider, to our Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> another thing to consider here as well. If you didn't know, um, you actually can't go to a lot of the locations they filmed lord of the rings in
2: yeah yeah true like a lot
1: of them are secluded or private yeah um, like inaccessible big, yeah the big one is hobbiton that you can, yeah, have you been to hobbiton nah, never. no never never driven past it a few times Same. on a bus or whatever but it's never.
2: near hamilton yeah it's in matter matter that's right yeah
1: yeah uh, what's the how- matter matter with you <laughs> is the, the joke
2: <laughs> <laughs> um let's see how far am i from hobbiton um <laughs> yeah i just want to say like how easy it is for me to get to Hobarton, like like Brent in Texas, if you're listening to this, like, um, uh, directions to Hobarton from my house, two hours. I could get there in two hours, <laughs>
1: and you still for, you haven't.
2: Yeah, for like you know, it cost me what thirty bucks petrol. Yeah. Um, and well, yeah, maybe maybe you know you know forty fifty bucks petrol round trip. And I just, I actively, every day I wake up and choose not to go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's depressing. We should not be doing a podcast on like a cheeriest franchise like this and be yeah. like, yeah, I live two hours from one of the most iconic film sets of all time. Not going to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I would like to go sometime now after watching the films again, just because yeah. it's like, you know, you may as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is so funny that People are willing to spend thousands and thousands of dollars mm. to do this. It's like when um, Childish Gambino came here recently mm-hmm. and it's like to do this once in a lifetime concert experience. And it's like, oh, cool. That's like an hour away. Yeah. I'll just go. <laughs> um,
1: okay. Who is your favorite Lord of the Rings character? I feel like this is an, an important part of yeah. discussing well, the series.
2: Well, uh, okay. I think probably Aragorn. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because Viggo Mortensen is so hot in these movies. <laughs> uh, but then he's not really in real life. He, 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 is, he is a handsome man, but he's not like, you know, ravishing. But in, yeah, in these yeah. movies, he's so handsome. Hmm. Uh, and he's just a cool character. He's very badass, very stoic. Yeah. Everything, you know, a man kind of desires
1: to be. And But they don't tell anyone about their depression. and. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, cool, cool. Um I would say my my MVPs would be um, Sam. Yes, yeah, Sam. Because he's such a such a noble and wonderful character. Yeah, despite character. the fact
2: that Frodo's just a massive dick like the whole time. <laughs> but,
1: but the thing is, uh, Elijah Woods are r- like real good in these as Frodo, and yeah. I think that's what saves it. Is like it's not like a bad actor being a little shit. It's a it's an actor who you've who's developed a character that you've grown to love for are yeah, seeing him too corrupted yeah. yeah 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 um and i really like gimli because he's like my spirit animal um <laughs> on on instagram on instagram right now my username is big gimli energy so go follow me on instagram <laughs> um and uh i'd have to say Smeagol. Smeagol is such a good or gollum is such a good villain so good like like the definition of a sympathetic villain right yeah like so much about him is so cool and so well wow. and like you were you were like are you gonna you asked me if i was gonna do a Gollum voice on the podcast and i was like that's like doing a michael kane impression or, yeah no, but or you were like hey can i talk about impression. Gollum's
2: voice and you were like and i was like yeah sure if you do it in Gollum's voice and you were like
1: <laughs> oh, i don't want to talk about it now <laughs> <laughs> what what um what should I? Can you do a Gollum voice? It's not hard. Uh,
2: no, I don't really. I, I think it's a bit, um, but it's dumb Passé. You know? Yeah. I feel um, like we've, yeah, t- no, we I've t- never t- really been able to do a good one until so I've never really tried.
1: Right. I think it's like, it's like Stitch, but, um, like you've stood on Stitch's nuts,
2: basically. <laughs> it's, uh, um, <laughs> so like,
1: ah, kind of Yeah. Thing. Andy
2: Circus, uh, based on his cat, I'm um, coughing up a furball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so i do want to talk about Gollum because or Smeagol, if you will but um so a lot of the effects because they're they're practical in this film hold up how well do you think the character of Gollum, the cgi character of golem holds up
1: uh with every appearance he's a he, it gets better so the first one you don't really see him at all the yeah. second one i think two towers i think is the worst golem like looking right. Gollum. he looks like he's very well superimposed into the shot yeah um I thought he was all right in return of the king and he's real good in an unexpected journey um yeah 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 sneak peek
2: um I think the the worst Golem for me is the opening scene of return of the king it's <laughs> it's like stupidly bad and I was messaging you about it and you kept on giving all these defenses and I was like it's so bad
1: because so what it's paint paint the picture here right. what are we what so scene are we, talking we see
2: about? it's uh return of the King opens with um Smeagol played by Andy Serkis and and you know not not wearing any makeup or anything like that back when he was a normal human being normal hobbit normal hobbit yes. so and he um is doing the voice which is which is definitely a choice
1: it's it's (laughs) interesting isn't it because if there is a there's a like a halfway that he should I think he should have done like there's a yeah. there's a midpoint between the voice and his just normal voice yeah. that would have been very easy for Andy Circus to to manifest because it's just odd seeing a normal looking person with with what sounds like a yeah. sixty year old smoker's lung,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but also at the same time sounding like a child.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like the the perfect marriage of those yeah. two things.
2: So he he looks a bit creepy and weird, but then he finds the one ring and ends up you know transforming into the Gollum we all know and love. But like they decided that the midway point between Andy Circus and Gollum should be Andy Circus with a heavy amount of like you know actual prosthetics, mm. and like Gollum is.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And so the midway point between
2: – they decided the midway point between Andy Circus and Andy Circus minus a bunch of stuff should be Andy Circus plus a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and it doesn't work because sure. you don't go – like his face shouldn't get puffier and and all this stuff before, and then it's just like he suddenly transforms into. it. It's like um, Christopher Nolan said that like one of the only you know proper CG things in any of his films is Two Face and The Dark mm-hmm. Knight because he said they tried, but no matter what you're adding to his face, and you right. need to be taking it away, taking away from it. Hmm. And I think, yeah, they the same thing. They should have done it with CG.
1: Gollum is like a thousand years old, though. So it's very possible in that time that he grew larger and puffier and then I smaller. disagree. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I, I just thought, it, and it just doesn't look right. It, it looks very, very strange. And, it is, it is and odd. Like it. It, is,
1: it feels like, yeah, the wrong decision was made. I, I love that scene. I loved oh, yeah, yeah. See, seeing the origin of Gollum. But yeah, I the, hate the, when
2: the close-up of him biting into a fish. That was like one of the scenes I remembered real clearly and <laughs> thinking, "Oh, this is disgusting."
1: The, the 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 mini plot twist that it was actually Deagle who found the ring and not Smeagol as well. Mm. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I do, I do agree that there was. Some weird decisions made in portraying not only Gollum as a Hobbit, but Gollum transforming into Gollum. Yeah, well, apparently, <laughs> they
2: um, that they they weren't originally set on Andy Circus playing Sméagol, like right. like you know, they, like having play having him played Gollum and Sméagol. They were like, oh, who should we get to play Hobbit? smiegel and then they're like oh we don't really want andy circus and they're like wait a minute what yeah like it needs to be andy (laughs) circus like
1: well and i agree with that because you can see andy circus in yeah definitely watching it
2: now there's a lot yeah i can see a lot of it because Mm. like it's now that i'm more familiar with andy circus yeah yeah um but i think yeah, the character of yeah it's great character great great performance Mm. And uh, apparently there was a big push to get him nominated for a uh, supporting actor uh, Oscar, nice. but the Academy regulations require the actor to be physically seen on screen. Ugh. Yeah. But, I mean, we've had we've had a very long discussion about Andy mm. Serkis. And it's like, yeah, the Go- his performance as, Go- as Golem is fantastic. Yeah. But also the hard work of the guys at Weta Workshop is, like, mm. phenomenal. And it maybe hasn't aged perfectly, but it's not the worst aged effect in the franchise. What do you what do you think? I'm um, I think the worst aged effect in the franchises
1: um is it uh the hobbits against real life people like normal sized people uh
2: that does look weird and every time you see the hobbits like at a wide shot you're like oh yeah they're real small
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it does a good job of making you forget that they're not normal size when they're around other people yeah which is actually a good thing because you you would think that'd be such a headache for every single thing you film of them but because they maybe and maybe this is why they did it because they separate it so that there's two groups of two hobbits and one of them has Smeagol who used to be a hobbit and is on his legs anyway like on mm. his hands and knees anyway and separate that with the humans although Gimli's a dwarf and isn't a dwarf in real life yeah and him and E. McCallum are like the same height that's insane man I like I understand the force perspective stuff but like how they made Gimli look that high <laughs> yeah that high <laughs> um, <laughs> the, that tall I should say uh, when his like constant um scene partners are a human and an elf is really yeah,
2: cool it's, it's really cool but uh the worst effect in the franchise for me is uh the hobbits riding Treebeard. it's so laughably bad
1: i didn't think it was laughably bad i actually wouldn't have thought of that if you hadn't really
2: um, like like the, the scenes of them when they're holding and there's a terrible green screen <laughs> of them kind of just like hobbling along like mm. Treebeard looks great but that's it, yeah. the green screen to the background that is right. is terrible mm. okay uh, yeah, so that's that's what I think of that. Mm.
1: <laughs> Strike you, one. Do, so there's there's a little anecdote that I always heard about Fellowship of the Ring, or it's not really. It's a I guess it's a piece of trivia, but Ooh, not necessarily we're talking trivia, are we? Um. <laughs> in in return in, in fellowship of the ring i remember famously people would say oh the point where um sam stops just right right when they've gone on their journey and he goes if i take one more step i'll be further away from the shire that i've ever been everyone always said like oh did you know that during that scene you can actually see a silver car driving past in the background and it's like this famous goof from fellowship of the ring every time i have watched that film or being in the room when it's on because every time i've watched that film two times no like whenever (laughs) the film was on i would always like try find the car and i never could and at what point does a goof stop being a goof because you can't see the thing that Uh, is apparently wrong with it
2: do you want to know Uh, i didn't actually write this down but i remember reading it earlier that so basically peter jackson heard this and he was like, what? Are you serious? And so he went back and like spooled through the film, like, you know, went through like frame by frame. And there's like one flash of light for a frame that could be misconstrued as a car. And they, they were like, it's completely debunked. And then like years, and they talked about it on the commentaries and stuff like that. But like years later, someone admitted that there was, in, there was a car in the theatrical
1: release and it was fixed for the DVD. So you can't find it anymore. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. So that's Peter Jackson's um, re released like his George Lucas Yeah. <laughs> bent. Um, interesting. Okay. Because um, th- I remember, I remember back when. So when this film came out in New Zealand, um, it was it went gangbusters for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. And I remember watching What Now, and What Now for those who aren't in our country is like our Sunday morning variety show, right? And they were doing a Lord of the Rings trivia little video and they would show clips from the movie for every piece of trivia they talked about. But when they talked about that one, they reenacted it with like one of the presenters dressed up like a hobbit walking through a field. And they they were like, when he says this line, you can see a silver car drive past in the background and then there is one and and they go, oh, there it is now and point to it.
2: (laughs) Interesting, interesting. Mm. Um, Well, if we're talking trivia... I Are do. we talking trivia? Well, yeah, because the I, I um, I, I tried to keep the trivia to a minimum, and maybe we'll, we'll reveal why later on because we will be, we're not done with Lord of the Rings, no. But um, so some some fun bits of trivia that I picked out. So, yeah, uh, you know that uh, additional filming was done two months after the release of Return of the King. Uh, when they go through the like Path of the Dead, there's a mm-hmm. shot of skulls on the ground. Yeah, and that was filmed after the film won best picture at the oscars oh
1: that makes me uncomfortable <laughs> and it was I added, don't like that at all. added
2: only to the extended edition dvd which came out like a year later um but peter jackson thought it'd be funny to shoot something after winning best picture
1: i don't i don't i feel very uncomfortable uh working on a project that's already been released. that's already won the highest like, yeah. award. <laughs> but even like if i you know yeah. i remember once i had to like re- like before cold pop tried to re-download all my YouTube videos and upload them to a new channel um, when I was in high school Mm. and one of them something went wrong and i had to redo something for it and it was like a three-year-old video that i had to like fix and i was like oh, i feel so weird about working on this that's
2: so funny <laughs> the stakes are so much lower
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah this risks like some kind of bad faith with the academy for tampering with like the piece that won best picture yeah, but it just, is like the extended it's for the extended edition yeah so. true, true uh
2: but also yeah we didn't mention it at the top but this film did very well at the oscars well this franchise mm. did, did very well at the oscars All- but
1: All three of them did?
2: Uh, Well, the first two both got nominated for Best Picture and did, um, you know, I think won a couple of technical awards. But the third one is the biggest clean sweep of the Oscars in Oscar history. It won all 11 categories that it was nominated for, including Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, But I think it's one of, like, three films um, to, like, win. I can't remember. But, like, it it wasn't nominated for any... um, Acting categories, which is interesting.
1: That is interesting, yeah. But, were, any, were any of them nominated for acting categories?
2: Uh, uh, Anne McCallum was nominated for Fellowship.
1: What what beat out Fellowship in Two Towers for Best Picture? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, come on, bitch. <laughs> uh,
2: well, while I look this up, um, did you know that it's also the longest title for a Best Picture winner?
1: <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Do you think maybe we could... Talk about titles a little bit more.
2: We could. I've got a couple <laughs> things to get to. Um so Beautiful Mind <laughs> Such beat-
1: a good segue. And you're like, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, because you asked me to look this up and I want it. Uh, yeah, so no, fair enough. Beautiful Mind won, uh Beat Fellowship and Chicago. Famously Ooh. one of the least deserving white beat two towers. But yeah, it seems like um lord of the rings winning everything was kind of a this is for the whole franchise you know yeah yeah sure uh and we can talk about titles but then i have to awkwardly segue back to trivia you choose man you're driving right, i'm gonna this, keep going ship. uh so yeah do you know that uh, yeah and also so and it's 10 words long it's the longest title beating out around the world in 80 days very cool from 1956 so it's the longest one and you know just shy of fifty years, hmm. but um the makeup artist who applied Sean Astin's hobbit feet was named Sean Foot.
1: <laughs> That's the best single piece of trivia I've ever heard in my life.
2: <laughs> well, do you want to hear one of the worst? Yes, please. This is like it's just real poorly written. Is
1: this dumb IMDB trivia? Dumb IMDB you trivia. You snuck up on me.
2: <laughs> so this is the way it's written. And it's like there's way easier ways to say this, but if one watched the extended editions back to back to back, it would take him or her 681 minutes, 11 hours and 21 minutes to finish. Wow! Like, why would it like that?
1: <laughs> it's very proper. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it's, like, so, it's like it's like
1: it's yep. like you know what it is. It's like um someone's talking to like a girl they like, and mm. they're trying to hint that maybe we should watch all the extended editions back to back but they don't want to give the game away and be like i didn't mean us So it's like if one were to watch the extended editions back to back to back um him or her maybe together maybe together you know you don't know would uh, <laughs> spend <da-da-da-da-da-da. laughs> yeah
2: Uh, So there's quite a few and there's some famous like almost starred kind of moments Mm -hmm. Uh, like famously Sean Connery turned down Gandalf because he didn't understand the script and he also turned down Morpheus from the Matrix because he didn't understand the script so he read a script he didn't understand which was uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and was like fine I'm not missing out on another cash cow and took it and then it was so bad it made him quit acting forever but the one that stuck out to me when reading it was that James Corden revealed that his first ever movie audition was for Samwise Gamgee.
1: How old would James Corden have been then? Uh
2: reasonably. Uh, he's not
1: that old. Okay.
2: Um, he's probably the same age as um Sean Astin, actually. True. Uh, so James Corden is forty. Sean Astin
1: is. We have to type with one hand on this podcast because the microphone's in the way.
2: Uh, 47. So he's actually seven years younger than Sean Aston.
1: Wow. That's significant. Um, I
2: mean. Yeah. I, I, like, as much as I hate James Corden, the idea of James Corden actually kind of works for Samwise Gangie.
1: Oh, yeah. But Sean Aston is incredible. Oh, yeah.
2: Sean Aston's amazing. But like the the fat, put upon, yeah, yeah. kind of annoying, but slightly endearing yeah. in his younger years. Yeah. Um, and British. Yeah uh yeah could work well now the Uh, problem
1: there is that um he wouldn't have been able to convincingly portray a Samwise Gamgee who doesn't want the ring because James Corden famously steals the spotlight in every interview (laughs) he's ever done so it'd be like the ring is mine Sam and he's like well maybe give it to me for a bit huh how about we do that why can't I be front and center on on the the DVD cover I don't know (laughs)
2: um but and also one of the most interesting pieces of trivia that I found is that you know, Legolas only says three words to Frodo in the entire franchise.
1: I have I have a story about this piece of trivia. <laughs> really? So uh, well, I'll, you, I'll, I'll you, just, you you, yeah. you
2: continue I'll your space, So yeah. Uh, yeah, he only says three words to Frodo, which is "and my bow," which arguably isn't even to Frodo. It's like to the entire fellowship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, what's your story, mate? Um,
1: I. Yeah. <laughs> I remembered that piece of trivia but I remembered it slightly wrong and for some reason in my head it was do you know that Legolas only has 11 lines in the whole trilogy? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't seen them in a while that might actually make sense you know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't like, speak that much He doesn't speak that much Um, and so in the first film I counted each one of his lines and when it went past 11 I was like oh, it must be like 23 lines in the whole trilogy or something and then i got to return of the king and he's like doing this big monologue about the 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 damned the ghosts from gondor and stuff and i was like all right this trivia just isn't true at all and so i looked up what it was and it was the he only speaks Uh, to frodo once and then and then at the end when they're all like they all gather by frodo's bed after the after they've destroyed the ring and like one by one the characters come in and like hug frodo um legolas like it's real funny because they all come in and frodo like says their name and Aragorn comes in he's like "Aragorn," and then legolas comes in and he doesn't say anything they just like yeah, look yeah, at yeah. each other and smile and then gimli comes in he's like gimli <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's, he's actually for, like elijah wood made a character decision that he's forgotten <laughs> legolas's name he actually has man <laughs>
2: that's brilliant um, one other thing that I also quite liked on the Wikipedia page, and if I was Peter Jackson, I'd edit this. Um, <laughs> so it says, as a result of the series success, Peter Jackson has become a major player in the film business, sometimes called a mogul, <laughs> in, the, in the mold of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, in the process befriending some industry heavyweights like Brian Singer and Frank Darabont. Mm. I'd probably was, get rid of Brian Singer's name if, if yeah, I was Pete. Well,
1: you know who else he befriended? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> actually, they kind of had a falling out. Right. Because uh, if you have a look at we're talking, of course, about Harvey Weinstein. But um, so Peter Jackson wanted to make King Kong, uh, fell through, then he teamed up with the Weinsteins to try and get the rights to Lord of the Rings. He pitched it as two films. The first film would have been... Um, fellowship and the two towers and the start of return of the king and ended with um Saruman's death and then the second film would have just been you know the end of it uh, but they said it would be too costly decided to make it as one film they made a video like proof of concept kind of thing shipped it around to new line who financed it for three films rather than the miramax but yeah famously he's um uh pete's come out and said that um Harvey Weinstein told him not to hire Amber Heard, I believe. Was it Amber
1: Heard? I can't remember.
2: I can't remember. But um, basically said, don't hire her because she won't have sex with me. And Pete was like, cool, let's ruin her career together. (laughs) Um, Although he actually wasn't complicit in in that. He didn't know why, but he said, don't work with her. She's a nightmare. Um, Which is a shame that your career is going to be ruined like that.
1: So it's crazy that this was almost one film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I remember hearing like apparently like Legolas and Arwen would have been combined into one character and Legal shit, one. shit shit like that. And it's just insane to think that at any point during a 11-hour trilogy someone was like, "Oh, maybe um <laughs> maybe it could be one film." I don't know. Yeah. But that because, being said, this is actually yeah. the second Lord of the Rings trilogy because the yeah. Ralph Ralph Barkshi, well, Ralph Bakshi made Lord of the Rings, which tells the story of Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers. But there's also an animated The Hobbit and yeah. um, an animated Return of the King that are all, like, kind of. I think they're considered sequels. They might not be. Yeah. But hey, the, ho- the whole story is. Who we're not told talking about in, them. In animation. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But yeah. So let's talk about titles now. Oh. Because uh interestingly all three at the bottom not not the whole thing but the subtitles all have title bombs Mm. so aj can you rank those title bombs for me because i know you love a good title
1: bomb i do love a good title bomb um right at the bottom is fellowship of the ring because it's kind of a title bomb in the way that jurassic park is a title bomb like it's a namesake used in the film and not a ter- like just a random phrase that a character says. Right, but
2: it's only said once in the film.
1: Is it really? Type, yeah. Oh, but yeah. they they refer to it. It's still a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's referring I mean, to- like
2: there is a definitive time when they like the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, for and sure. I think they refer to it as the Fellowship. Yeah. After that, yeah.
1: But you know, it's still like I like my title bombs to be like if if one How of do these characters, you deny The Return of the King. Yeah. If if one of these characters found out they were in a movie and they were like, and the movie's called this, they'd be like. Oh, yeah, because one of us said that at some point. Eh? <laughs> you know, those are my favourite kinds of title bombs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, between Two Towers and Return of the King, I think Return of the King is is the best one because it's oh, definitely. it's said on screen and it's got so much clout to it and it's Gandalf delivering it to like this little bitch of a steward who's <laughs> like, who are you to deny the return of the king? And it's very cool. So, yeah. yeah. Th- that being said...
2: Oh, here we go. I'm
1: not sure I'm that keen on the titles as a whole. Okay, Um, do
2: you want to rename all of them?
1: Not. I don't have ideas for renaming them, but it does bug me. Like, I've talked before, I think, about how... How dare you deny
2: The Return (laughs) of the King as the title? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think I've talked before how um, something of the something feels so lazy to me um, as as a titling scheme. So Lord, Lord of the Rings is fine as your moniker, but... It real, it real annoyed me when they renamed the Hobbit sequels because it was going to be an unexpected journey and there and back again. Yeah. And then um, it was the Desolation of Smog and the Battle of the Five Armies. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. And I remember some people saying that um, Desolation of Smog should have been called Into the Fire, which I really like as a title because that's the name mm-hmm. of the chapter, a chapter in the book, I think. Um, And so yeah. I don't have alternate ideas, but I do know a little piece of trivia, Richard.
2: AJ, you know I love trivia. so I've did, gots to have it.
1: Did you know that Tolkien wanted to call Return of the King the War of the Ring? Mm-hmm. And his publisher was like, nah, don't call it that. Mm. And he was like, Return of the King spoils the ending. and they're like no don't call it war of the ring and as much as i agree it does spoil the ending return of the king's a better name than war of the ring i'd hate Mm. i'd be even more infuriated if it was fellowship of the ring war of the ring and then the two towers just slapped in the middle like a a gross breakfast you've woken up to you know (laughs) like someone's (laughs) in the middle of your day yeah someone's bought you breakfast in bed and it's like just a rotten tomato
2: it's it's all bran <laughs> no, i actually love all bran i've been having all bran recently man it's good i always thought i hated it but
1: i've never had it i just assumed anything with bran and i wouldn't like
2: Oh, bran muffins my friend ben makes the best bran muffins interesting, interesting every time i got itch, i'm like
1: dude you need to make me those brand muffins. And, and does he uh sometimes yeah are the brand muffins? your, like One Ring. Like you're like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, precious. Well, because he has them.
2: like yeah, because make they're like small, but they have like a cube of cream cheese in the middle.
1: Oh, that's it. That's the that's the equivalent of the Elvish writing on the One Ring.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, AJ, can we talk about memes? Oh,
1: fucking hell, yes, man. Of course. <laughs> I've been waiting an hour and fourteen minutes to talk about memes. <laughs>
2: Not even just Lord of the Rings, just, no. just memes that you know. Have you seen the new Dat Boy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so much it's such a better model than so much more of a better model than the last uh, one.
2: So Lord of the Rings is one of those movies that's been memed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think of the meme memery around this movie uh, do you have a do you have a favorite lord of the rings it's meme? it's
1: iconic man like and you've got memes from completely different uh generations of meme hood right mm. so you've got like like way back when it was one does not simply walk into mordor that was changed like one does not simply da 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 and then like two months ago we had all right then keep your secrets you know and it's like yeah. those are from the same movie and they came out 10 years apart from each other they came out and- (laughs) As memes. (laughs) They came, they announced themselves to the world as memes. Yeah. Um, I, I feel, love all right. Keep
2: your secrets. My, I think that's so yeah, funny.
1: My favourite is um, Gandalf looking around confused in the minds of Moria and being like, "I have no memory of this place." Because yeah. the first v- version I saw of that was like, um, when you go to make an account on a website and it says you've already got one. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I have no memory of this place. So that was my um, favourite one.
2: I also didn't. I'm going to sound dumb for this, but I didn't realise that you have no power here. Was from Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
2: I always assumed it was Game of Thrones.
1: no oh, interesting. Um, yeah, the other
2: thing I don't care about
1: we, we'd be remiss to um not mention uh they're taking the hobbits to Isengard as well yeah which was a big big uh techno remix back when those things were popular um and so that's you know that's another meme i have nothing to say about these they're just they just exist yeah. they're there. we're just listing the memes <laughs> another it's
2: it's not like a meme but it's like i mean i guess if you look like the like original definition of the word of like you know something that's repeated or whatever. But there are the whole, why didn't they just take the eagles to Mordor? Mm. That's so fucking stupid. Like, do you
1: want to clarify what you mean in case someone hasn't seen okay,
2: it? Okay, so at the end of Return of the King, the uh, Frodo and Sam have sort of left themselves to die and accepted their fate, and then they get picked up by these giant eagles who Gandalf. take their safety. It's a bit of a Deus day, day mark Yeah, Gandalf is
1: like commanding the eagles, so yeah. it's like, why didn't Gandalf do that originally?
2: Yeah, but like- They, they, it's, it's, it's a meme of how hard it is to walk into Mordor. Do you think it's going to be any fucking easier on the back of these gigantic eagles? Yeah. yeah. If people are like, "Off you walk in, you're going to get found, or you're going to get killed." These, like, you can't fly in on these eagles. Mm.
1: Yeah. Are you aware of the fan theory?
2: Uh, well, I know there's like a couple of things, like the the eagles are. They they're always try and stay neutral so they wouldn't take us on right. the battle and there's stuff like that. But I don't know specifically what you're referring to. So I
1: think. this is one of the best fan theories I've ever read. And I, I looked it up again on Reddit last night. um And yeah. the the top comment is like, this is one of the best fan theories I've ever read. Like, and so, it was you. No, it wasn't. But and, and it was like, it that's my well username,
2: be. but I have no memory of this place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so the theory is, is that Gandalf was like, um, after he, because he escaped um, Sauron's Saramon's tower back back when he went to and he discovered his he evil when when a moth flew past him and it kind of implied that the eagles like rescued him from the, or does it actually show it I can't remember um, but the theory is is that Gandalf when he got when he got out of Isengard the first time actually had like counsel with the eagles and was like okay you you guys need to carry the ring bearer to Mordor. Okay, so his plan was actually to use the eagles. Um, and so that's his plan all along. But he doesn't tell anyone because if he tells, like, you know, Saur- Sauron has many spies. So it's like anyone could know about this and it still is dangerous because there's Nazgul and stuff. So, like, anyone could knock down an eagle if they knew they were coming. Um, and so he gets to um, Riverdale. Is that what it's- <laughs> 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 What's
2: it called? Rivendale. Rivendell. Rivend- <laughs>
1: so good he gets to Riverdale Archie's there and he's (laughs)
2: like (laughs) um
1: so and and then all of a sudden there's a fellowship of the ring and it's nine men and he's like okay that's more than what I was anticipating but there's plenty of eagles we can probably carry us all (laughs) and so they keep going and if you look at the map of like the official map of Middle Earth there is a reason why Gandalf wanted to go the high pass and not through the mines of Moria like in terms of keeping safe from any like watchful eyes um but they had to go through Moria um, and they go through Moria. And while they're in Moria, the Balrog's there and he kills Gandalf. He whips him and he falls off the cliff. But before he falls, Gandalf's like, I've got to tell them about the eagles, but there's so many orcs around here that they'll hear me. So as he's about to fall, he looks at them and goes, fly, you fools. And then falls to his death. They're like, and, oh, better keep walking. Yeah. And then they do not they don't realise he means the eagles because that's where, like, if you look at the map of where they were going, He he. They could have either been going to Mordor or like where the eagles live, the Misty Mountains. Mm -hmm. I think is where the eagles live. Um, and so the rest of the Fellowship, who didn't know that there was Gandalf's plan, keep on their merry way. And by the time Gandalf turns up again, he doesn't even remember his own name until he's reminded. You know, (laughs) so like because they're like Gandalf. He's like, yes, that's what they used to call me. Um, so he just forgot that his plan. And even if he didn't forget, it was too late to really use them. I love that's that great. theory. I think that's an excellent way to work yeah, around. I, I have seen that. <laughs> I
2: remember seeing a uh, like at a fan theory that was like an interpretation of "Fly, You Fools." But mm. yeah, no, it's good. I think, yeah, mm. that's canon now.
1: It is now. We did it. We did it. Read it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we put out a, a call to you, comma the fans. Mm on facebook and instagram this week asking for your favorite moments in the lord of the rings franchise yeah so um aj do you want do we want to talk about ours while you pull what um, you pull up? we're gonna read out some of yours
1: i really like just the last 15 minutes no actually not the last 15 minutes of return of the king i like everything from like frodo and sam getting to mount doom and yeah. destroying the ring. I think that's like the high point of the series. Yeah. Um, I really like the prequel, the opening scene with um, Smeagol as a human, um, mm-hmm. despite its foibles that we were discussing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. You're talking about getting to Mount Doom, uh, watching those films again. So I, I haven't seen Return of the King in 16 years, mm-hmm. or f- probably 15, 16 years. And um, I still remember the shot where I, in the cinema, I turned to mum and I was like, I need to pee. And she was like, <laughs> Oh no! Like, don't um, just just hold it. Look, they're they're it's it's almost over. Look, and uh, Return of the King famously takes a long time to end. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what people talk about with the movie is that that it, you know there's like six different endings, six yeah. different times when it fades to black. And you're like, oh, it's over. Um, and it's the shot if you're watching the film or if you know the films really well, it's when the sort of gate to or the the opening to Mount Doom is first revealed, and there's this wide shot where um. Where Smeagol's revealed, or Golem's revealed. Right. Um, and it was that shot, and it's like 45 minutes before the end of the film. And that was like, <laughs> I fucking real need to pee for the next, for so long. Um P your pants. But, I, I should have. That would have showed it. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, so I, I watched an interview with Peter Jackson. I was having to rewatch it the other day. He said his favorite moment in the franchise, or his favorite, like, shot is. Um, when uh, oh, what's the spider's name? Shelob. Shelob. Shelob is uh, there, there's like after he sort of escape Shelob, and then when it like re- she, she Shelob like reappears and climbs over, like following Frodo. Mm. That's Peter Jackson's favorite shot in it the would,
1: franchise. It would be eh? <laughs> yeah. Cause that's cause such a yeah, because because he's terrified
2: movie. of spiders, and yeah. he and that shot is just so like creepy. Do you know? I him. think
1: I remember hearing that Shelob the Shelob scene is in Two Towers the book. So they had to yeah. move it into Return of the King to give Frodo and Sam a decent storyline.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, did see that, actually. But uh, my favourite bit in the franchise, and you know, like I said before, like I don't like these films, but I, I, I can accept the argument that they're the best, that they are the greatest films of all time. I think there's definitely, there's an argument to be made that, my friends, you bow to no one is the greatest scene in cinematic history. Yeah,
1: it's so good.
2: It's so good. I was like tearing up last night, and I was like, I haven't cared about the last ten hours of yeah.
1: this, but oh my god, that, that, that And the the when when Sam's like, "Don't you dare let go," and he's like, "Reach!" It's like, oh, this is such powerful acting, filmmaking, um, and <laughs> like comp- yeah, yeah. shot composition, like story stakes. It's so good because yeah. because when you watch that for the first time, you're like, Frodo's gonna just drop you know mm. and sam's like fucking tell oh, you fucking <laughs> like <laughs> i've been carrying you for three films you are not just gonna die here so yeah. i like, lo- yeah i love that scene all but, right uh, so
2: oh uh, yeah my friends you better know what is oh yeah. beautiful i might just go watch that again after this cause mm. it's so good yeah, it's so good
1: so that speaking of that is evan who commented on our post about it we asked what what people's favorite scenes where he says yep my friends you bow to no one um alan says toss me just don't tell the elf which is a great that's one, a good one yeah. that's a good gimli moment um Ar- ariel says give it to us raw and wriggling um which i think an orc says yeah and uh, oh no no that's has got says the 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 orc one is like looks like meat's back, meat's on, back the on, on the boys. menu boys <laughs> i didn't
2: realize that was from this as well i've said that in my life and i didn't realize it was from this i'd yeah, that
1: was fine. Uh, Jesse says literally any scene with Aragon. Um, Dan says they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Uh, to which Emma replied, "To Isengard, to Isengard." Um, I
2: need to. I don't think I've seen this. The oh, it's, yeah,
1: it's it's a, it's great. To like, Belrock of Mord Mordia. What did you sell? That's like the one part I always remember. The Hobbits, yeah, the, hobbits the Hobbits, the Hobbits, the Hobbits to Isengard. To Isengard. Um Ed says, uh this is Ed from Baboon Yodel, which is a, a cool podcast. Um he says when Tom Cruise goes to that place and there is an orgy of elves wearing masks <laughs> I don't know what he means.
2: That's <laughs> from um Stanley Kubrick's last eyes watch eyes, eyes shut.
1: Uh okay. Um, Scott says it's weird your question seems to imply you're only wanting one scene but that can't be right because there's no such thing as just one favourite scene in Lord of the Rings science and then he, then he <laughs> okay, this one's, all right, he's got a list he says god damn it now you've got me thinking about way too much um, so his favourite scenes are Bilbo and Gandalf at Bag End the Council of Elrond Balin's Tomb the Death of Boromir the conversation between Gollum and Smeagol and Two Towers the Exorcism of Theoden Faramir's suicide attack on Oz Gilath, uh, uh, the lightning of the beak- the lighting of the beacons, the ride to Rohirrim, um, the ride of the Rohirrim, sorry, and at the Samoth Nahr. Some of those things I don't know. Yeah, see, like
2: that's one of those things that yeah, like like with that just sounds so ridiculous to me. Hmm. Like all those <laughs> fantasy words, I'm like it's just silly
1: nathan says obviously the bit in the battle of helms deep where legolas rides a shield like a skateboard down some stairs while shooting orcs then kick flips the shield into an orc's chest fuck that's badass <laughs> <laughs> so
2: good and then they're like oh let's give him a moment like that and the hobbit um that's <laughs> the stupidest fucking thing
1: um scott says honestly the scene just after they meet with, up with mary and pippin and have to ride under the bridge away from the wraith, top-notch suspense agreed Uh, Eric says most likely when Aragorn and King Théoden reside to their fate at Helm's Deep and ride out to their death only to have Gandalf and their countrymen come to their aid at the most opportune time it is a beautiful scene with very epic music Uh, he said most quoted moments in my family include and they call it a mine a mine cast it into the fire destroy it Isildur and rally to me to me this trilogy holds a special place in our hearts for sure and he also wrote what say you um uh my dad <laughs> commented he wrote i can't carry the ring mr frodo but i can carry you um alan says he was twitching because he's got my axe embedded in his nervous system um let's skip <laughs> through some of these so uh, miguel says the end credits it's the only scene that's 15 minutes long uh so uh, sean says the minds of moria um <laughs> mark says does the trilogy count as one scene um and Ben, who's one of our patrons, said the scene where the main antagonist dives into that pool and then comes out completely blue and then he goes and has a shower somehow without seeing himself in the mirror and his shampoo dyes his hair all orange. Which is of course actually a scene from <laughs> Big Fat Liar, uh, which if you were a part of our Patreon, Patreon.com slash you would know that uh there's actually a dumb sequel that someone made a year ago to Big Fat Liar called Bigger Fatter Liar and there's a movement to get us to cover big fat liar the franchise which i don't want to do um on, <laughs> on instagram art for life 42 says every single one connor underscore what underscore son says Gimli, i'm not going to make i'm not going to make them jump you're going to have to toss me which ah oh, speaks to my heart man the amount of times i've had to climb a fence or something and been like you're gonna have to toss me <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know what i look like i'm a short bearded man like i am Gimli. um <laughs> and I look more like Aragorn. Mm. Uh, Chasing Hope Mama says, Boil it, mash it, stick it in a stew. Uh, NZ Rebidou says, That still only counts as one. Which a lot of these are just quotes. Uh, and Fudan Hito says, The scene with Tom Bombadil. Oh, wait. Do you know what he's referring to there, Richard? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah? Do you want to talk about it?
2: <laughs> uh, well, there's a character called Tom Bombadil who apparently everyone likes, and he's in the book, but not in the
1: movie. Yeah, he's in. I think he's in Fellowship of the Ring, and he's supposed to be... I'm recalling, please correct me. I think he's supposed to be like a metaphor for God. And he's like hanging out in the woods. And apparently he's real dumb no and annoying. Idea, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He sounds like a dumb name.
1: I'll look up Tom Bombadil quote. Um, yeah. Uh- Give us Tom Bombadil, <laughs> Peter Jackson. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, actually now that we've listed them and I, I I did say that there's an argument to be made that my friends are about and no one is the greatest scene in cinema history, but my personal favorite moment in the franchise is Pippin singing edge of night Mm. as they go into battle. Fuck. That's a good scene. It's such a good song. He's got such a good voice and I love when the like trope of, uh, war, like you know some kind of big action with the sound more or less removed and having like just some nice peaceful music over top of it the juxtaposition yeah love 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 it
1: all right here's a tom bombadil quote "Ho, tom bombadil tom bombadillo by water wood, and hill by reed and willow by fire sun and moon hearken now and hear us come tom bombadil for our need is near us so that's pretty fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) Give us the Tom Bombadil. Release the Tom Bombadil cut.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I think it's about time to continue that franchise. Oh, yeah. So there's a couple of continuations uh, that have already happened in various really? stages of happening. <laughs> uh, so there's obviously the Hobbit prequel trilogy, which, don't you worry, <laughs> we'll be covering next week. <laughs> so you're getting... No, two weeks from now. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, there is a TV series coming to Amazon TV.
1: Though it's not confirmed if that's in the continuity of the films, is it?
2: No, well, it's like a, another adaptation yeah, of the yeah. books. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, like you know, if you're interested in Lord of the Rings. right? So it's going to cost $1 billion, touted as the most expensive TV series in history. Apparently New Zealand is in consideration to film in, but as of 23rd of December 2018, that's in jeopardy of course it is uh, uh yeah that, that same interview i watched with peter jackson uh they asked if he, he was like um involved in it in any way or if he was gonna get involved and he basically laughed and said fuck no <laughs> like uh but he was like no nah, i wish that well he wants no part of it he said like i'll read through some scripts if they want me to or whatever mm. but um so that's apparently not supposed to start production until like 2021 at the earliest so it probably might not be out to like 2023 mm. but i thought have you got any
1: casting ideas no, I don't. I've got opinions about it. I def, I think. I. I'm not going to watch it. I don't think the world needs another just straight adaptation of the story. Right. I would rather explore the,
2: the Silmarillion.
1: World. Yeah. Well, I know that. Um, I remember re- like hearing maybe it was one of those documentaries or something where they were talking about how Tolkien actually wanted people to take middle earth and write their own stories within it and so i think this could be a realization of that i think i'd rather it was set in the film universe and just in a different tell a different story
2: interesting have you have you read the books by the way no neither but if you ask my year eight teacher i have okay because we had to keep a reading diary of all the books you read you're expected to read like five or six in a term and i didn't read any and then I was like, oh fuck, what do I do? So I wrote down that I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy because I was like, it's real long. So it's like, you know, fine that I've only read three. Mm-hmm. And um she signed it off and was like, yes, yeah, sweet. And my parents saw the and mum might be listening to this and remember and be like, uh ah, ha ha. But uh yeah, they like saw my like signed off reading log that said <laughs> Lord of the Rings trilogy a uh, tick. And they thought it was so fucking funny. And I was like, well, they weren't even mad about Richard lying. medicine. can't like- read. <laughs> um, there's also a film called The Lord of the G Strings, The Female Ship of the String, which was a softcore porn parody. The plot of that is a diminutive and seductive Throbbert has been entrusted with the task of destroying the all powerful G String that can grant its possessor untold powers.
1: Okay. What you happened to it? Lord of the Cock Ring? That's one, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I think so. This one's a softcore porn parody, right. though. Okay. Um, it's not very good. <laughs>
1: okay. Did you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, there's, so, a, there's a lot to yeah. cover here, and, and what other media yeah
2: well the well i mean i've got one more but okay (laughs) oh um so this is like an opposite of a continue the franchise but another um attempted adaptation of it was back in the 60s i guess the beatles asked stanley kubrick to adapt uh, the book um kubrick declined he said the film the books were unfilmable but if they'd gone ahead they would have starred paul mccartney as frodo george harrison as gandalf ringo Starr as samwise Gamgee, and john lennon as Gollum, god and directed by stanley kirk man that would be a fucking weird film yeah it would be now do you have a continue the franchise um, go?
1: oh do you want me to rattle off a few other continuations that have already happened oh if you like yeah because i think there's there's loads of video games and i think shadow of mordor which came out recently is like a oh, yeah. set in the universe and as a new story um and then of course there's the silmarillion which is a, like a essentially an encyclopedia but i've always been fascinated there yeah it's actually... like a
2: it's it's like a um selection of poems and yeah sugar. yeah
1: um there is actually another lord of the rings book that um i think he wrote the original so tolkien wrote the original version and then his son after he died his son uh edited the manuscripts into a consistent narrative and that book is called the children of huron uh, and no one ever talks about that and i think that's kind of interesting interesting um, yes, I have a continue the franchise. Okay. All right. So you've got an original trilogy, then you've got yeah. a prequel trilogy, right? Yeah. Much like Star Wars. But what did Star Wars do? They had a sequel trilogy.
2: Okay. Can I stop you there? Yeah. This was going to be my one as well, but I was going to just like, I wanted to have like some back and forth pitching it. Oh. So I'm just going to jump on yours. <laughs> okay. And this is it. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the idea that I landed on, um, was so they talk a lot in in Lord of the Rings about how the age the, the age of elf, elves is over like the time like elves were the dominant race for a long time and now it's the age of man right that's the trend yeah. the whole story takes over from the transition of the age of elves to the age of men yeah um, so, so we're
2: gonna cover the age of Ultron
1: <laughs> well first of all was the age of dwarves a thing because they're the other big faction. Um, and so I'd be interested to see what an age of dwarves looks like and everyone's just real rough and tumble. Um, but also, is there a reason that hobbits aren't considered a fourth faction or are they like a sub-genre of human, maybe? Mm. Anyway, I want to see the age of hobbits and see what the world looks like when hobbits rule it.
2: Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I was thinking about this. Like, y- you you made a video about this, but like using the Star Wars Looney Tunes Fargo mm. model of like how would you make a sequel trilogy to Lord of the Rings? Because if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, is like the Tiny Tunes Adventure, th- like it split Bugs Bunny into two characters. Yeah. Yeah took different part of them each and so having those like updated versions of each character and splitting certain ones into two hmm. i was like yeah well how would you do that with lord of the rings
1: well i think you'd split frodo in two and have one be like a real good guy and one be a real bad guy not literally the character of frodo but two characters who accumulatively yeah. make up frodo
2: yeah play play the part of frodo and one of them is a woman obviously
1: obviously um which is great because there aren't enough women in Lord of the Rings, frankly. There's there's Gladriel, Arwen, Eowyn, and Shelob. <laughs> Those are the women <laughs> in Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah. Okay, so that's um, that's how you can do the French list.
1: Well, that and the Tom Bombadil cut. Yeah, yeah. Release it. Nice. Peter Jackson, you son of a bitch. I know you have it. I looked through your window because you're my neighbour and saw you <laughs> watching the Tom Bombadil cut. And Who Tom played ba- Tom Bombadil? Jim Carrey, dude. It was the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: To think we missed out. I mean, I guess that's all. We've got time for it. Um-
1: yeah, you might be a bit disappointed that i feel like comparatively i felt like we could still talk if we if we're real into them we could talk about them for like another hour um and i know that you could you might consider this a bit trivia light um but one of the big things that people they they asked us like are you doing the extended editions and the answer was yes and then a couple of people also were like are you going to watch the special features? Which is such a strange question to be asked in 2019 because the, the age of DVD mm. is over. <laughs> like the the okay. age of streaming has begun. Yeah, the, the- <laughs> age of eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why is it that? What is well, that?
2: Just, if the internet's anything to go by. Right.
1: Well, anyway, um, that's what, that's yeah, what I'm, millennials are doing. I haven't watched a DVD, I haven't watched a special feature in. Fifteen years. Like <laughs> I, I've I've bought DVD collector's editions of things and still haven't watched the special features on them. Yeah, yeah. Um. So no, we didn't watch the special features. But if you are a patron and everyone who's not we would a patron, like to become one, everyone who's not a patron but loves loves Lord of the Rings is going to be like fuck right now. Um, we are going to be covering the. There's documentaries about each film, right? Yeah,
2: or like there's there's like a feature length version, uh, like amount of of behind the scenes mm. documentary esque stuff. There's a lot of filming done behind the scenes, and you see the clips of them on YouTube every now and then. But um, yeah, on each for each film,
1: yeah. So we're going to be covering them this month on Film Franchise Follow-Ups, which is our Patreon-exclusive podcast that you can get if you become a cult member, which is $5 a month. So, you know. Yeah, $5 get, a month.
2: You get an extra podcast, and you get to vote on every second film And you franchise. also get our
1: newsletter that we've started as well. Mm. Um, and you know what? You can pay for one month, listen to us talk about the documentaries. And, and listen
2: to the old episodes and, as well.
1: And then fucking leave. <laughs> you can stop being a patron after that. We're not yeah. gonna stop you. Nothing's gonna stop you. So yeah. there you go. Uh so you can
2: find that at <laughs> www.patreon.com dot patreon.com forward slash copopshaw. Mm-hmm. And uh if you do if you did like this and you wanna if you wanna tell us how wrong we are about Lord of the Rings, please do. I, I mean, would I, love to hear
1: I liked you know, them, so <laughs> someone's gonna message me and be like, hey AJ, Lord of the Rings sucks. What are you talking about? You're a madman.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I think you were more negative about Lord of the Rings than I was. How so? I don't know. I just remember you said one negative thing and I was like,
1: oh, that's-, that's The only thing
2: I said is I didn't like-
1: That's very grown up of you, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I'm very proud of you. And mm. I think- Tell us if we're wrong. Tell us if we mispronounced anything. Mispronounced anything.
1: It does feel like we haven't talked about Lord of the Rings enough. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is weird because we
2: talked about like Mission Impossible for like two hours, like an extra hour on this.
1: There's more Mission Impossible films though.
2: Yeah, this is true, but there's only just barely more one <laughs> <run> time.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Look. I, as we it said It feels
2: weird to be apologizing so, profi- pro- so profusely.
1: <laughs> I'm not apologizing. It's, it's yeah. just it's not over. There are there's a Hobbit episode coming out in 2 weeks where we'll keep talking about Middle-earth and then we're doing film franchise follow-ups. That's a trilogy. And maybe at the it will be like guess what there's one more we split the. You've yeah, got to do the
2: prequel trilogy and read the books.
1: We 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 split the Hobbit episode into two episodes, <laughs> split, split and it's three. not long enough, so we just repeat stuff. And like, <laughs> what a good joke! Um, all right, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So yeah, did you give us our? Did you do our call to action? I can't remember. I think you
2: started. Uh, it. <laughs> um, Facebook. Uh, check us out. YouTube. Facebook, YouTube. SoundCloud.
1: Instagram. iTunes. Go find us and love on us, please. We need and
2: you. Actually. I mean, you could have finished your thoughts, sorry. I didn't. We need you. <laughs> that was it. Uh, were that, this is actually a good episode to start your new thing you wanted to start this year.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. What was it called? Has, uh, hashtag Ask Everyone 2019. Yeah. So we recently did an episode um, that, uh, where we looked at, um we, 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 we We interviewed Chris Whites, who's one of the directors of American Pie, and he also directed a couple of other movies that we've covered on this podcast and wrote a few of them as well. Um, And that was really popular. So one thing that I want to do this year in, in wake of that is every week I am going to tweet someone from who's like been involved in some way with some franchise we've covered and ask them for an interview. Right. And the reason I'm announcing this is because when you do business like that on Twitter, it's public and it feels a little bit silly. So... By making it, you guys are involved too, <laughs> you know? like So if you see me tweet, I don't know, Peter Jackson and ask him for an Peter Jackson view. doesn't have Twitter. Oh, shit. All right. Um, Ian McKellen. I'll, I'll tweet someone. Uh, I won't do it this episode, but I'll tweet someone from the franchise we're covering on epi- on air, on the episode, I think, is what I was planning on doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I won't do it this episode. Ask your old mate Brett. I should. What's it like being Figwit? We we interview Fly to the Concord's Brett McKenzie for an hour and a half and only talk about Figwit.
2: There's a documentary about Figwit. Amazing that that um, Brett and
1: his wife made. Imagine getting famous two separate ways. <laughs> yeah, because that's what happened with him. He got famous <laughs> twice.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he he's one of the 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 Oscar winners on the cast as well.
1: Ah, oh, true. Yeah, there you go. You look! Look, day. we've
2: we've wrapped up the episode, and we're still just chucking out a hot, mm. um, these words.
1: Precious, Oh, fuck! <laughs> I always go to to franchise appropriate puns, but they're never good. They're never good ones. I just say a word, and it's like the yep, one
2: pun to rule them all. The
1: one I need. That I need the, the pun one
2: ring. Pun. It's like an underground, like <laughs> ring of people that trade puns.
1: Because in, in two thousand seventy nine, like puns are illegal, and you got to trade. Yeah, them.
2: that feels like a writing prompt. Yeah. thing. Yeah. All right. Well, just like uh, the Return of the King here's another ending to this podcast
1: <laughs> imagine if I just read out our fan mail now and it's like that's the extra ending I haven't accumulated the fan,
2: the fan credits that are like yeah, yeah. an extra 20 minutes on the extended editions <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should release an extended edition of this podcast. We should. <laughs> right, please tell but us when. we
2: release it like two months after it's, yeah, uh, after yeah. it's released because we, we shot some extra stuff for it.
1: Please uh, let us know what you thought of this episode um, and let us know if you thought it was good, if it was a worthy addition to both um, our podcast and the library of podcasts that talk about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I hope so. Me too. All right, And
2: I hope that you... I had a good ta na <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Alright, I'm going to just stop recording.